listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Monday the 21st of March. This is Recap brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's a disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day you there, Cassie. Hey, Jose. How's it going? Very well, thank you. I had a lot of rain up here. (laughs) So I just immediately start talking about weather. Sorry. (laughs) I go away for a bit. You're good? You're underwater? (laughs) No, No, I'm sorry. I started just immediately talking about the weather. (laughs) I apologize. Uh, Hey, it's great to have you on the show today, Cassie. Thanks for stepping in. Thank you. It's always good to be here. It's it's always great to have you on the show. And it's great to be back after a short hiatus. I've Definitely missed the daily routine of putting together recap and talking about the weather. Although the the routine is set to change at least for a little while. Uh, so just so you know, recap will no longer be just myself and Alice. I'll be joined by a number of different members of the Shazies crew during the week. Although Alice will obviously step in from time to time. You, you you haven't heard the last of her. And as I'm sure you've noticed, Omicron is making a dent in people's working lives around the country. And Shazies is no different. So we've just had to cut back. A a little bit on the amount of recap we can put out each week now that's only just for now so we're only doing four episodes a week uh, we're dropping the thursday episode so you know don't freak out if thursday's episode never turns up in your feed and that's it shall we get on with the show cassie yeah let's do it okay cassie do you have a story that's been brewing I do indeedy. Um, so it looks like Fonterra has become the latest company to end its Russian operations following the invasion of Ukraine. Oh, okay. So I, I actually didn't know this. I did not know that Fonterra actually got up to much in Russia. So what went down? Yeah. Um, so a few weeks ago in late February, Fonterra said it had suspended some shipments of dairy products to Russia while it was waiting to see what was unfolding with the sanctions. Mm. Um, so now it's taken things a bit further by exiting all of its business with Russia including shutting down its office in Moscow and withdrawing from its joint venture, Unifood. Can you give me a bit of um, context into Fonterra's relationship with Russia? Like how long have they actually been doing business there? Sure. Um, So Fonterra has been exporting dairy products, mainly butter, to Russia for 40 years. Um, So the ties go back pretty far, but the company said that the trade was small for its business, accounting for less than 1% of the company's total exports. Also, Fonterra said that withdrawing from Russia um, will cost less than 10 million New Zealand dollars, uh, which is not considered material for the business. Okay. And and were they like forced to cut ties or do they choose to? Um, So this is to do with the export controls that have been put in place by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade. So at the moment, these say that businesses can't export goods that are intended for use by the Russian or Belarus military or um, service forces. Um, but obviously, when your product is something as universal as food, it would probably be kind of tricky to prove that, you know, you had no idea that the military might consume your product. So while it's not as strict as, say, a direct sanction on trade, which could still come into play at some point, and mm-hmm. um, you can see where the pressure is coming from. Yeah, right. Uh, so what happens now? 
Um, so in Russia, Fonterra says it will try to redeploy some of the Moscow-based staff, and then it will need to reallocate the stock that was heading to Russia, which um, Fonterra CEO Mike Corral says shouldn't be too much of a problem given the current strong demand for New Zealand dairy. So who knows, maybe butter's about to get just a little bit cheaper for us. <laughs> maybe, probably not though, right? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I just spit on my bread now. Don't even go to butter, it's cheaper. It's tough times. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, Cassie. Uh, another day, and here's another story about a traditional car maker investing in fancy future cars, even. Um, will this be the story about General Motors getting even deeper under the hood into cars that drive themselves? Uh, yes, this is that story. I was hoping it was going to be that they'd you know, start a flying car division, but we're not there yet, apparently. Ugh, but I know, on. boring, eh? But basically, GM has, I mean, it's not enough that there's cars that drive themselves, they're going to fly as well i want flying cars now <laughs> totally lasers everything uh but basically gm has bought out investment firm softbank stake in its majority owned self-driving car company cruise so gm already owns cruise yeah it bought cruise in 2016 for an undisclosed sum uh, it has a majority ownership in the company which obviously now it's added to by absorbing softbank stake according to some reports i've read uh gm now owns 80 percent of cruise although it's hard to know the exact amount uh, to get there though gm had to pay 2.1 billion american dollars for SoftBank shares. Uh, other investors in Cruise include uh, Microsoft and Honda. And Cruise are literally making cars that drive themselves? Yes, yes they are. They've been testing a fleet of cars since 2016 and 2017. They actually tested on uh, public roads in San Francisco and Detroit. In 2020, they showed off the Cruise Origin, which is a car sans driver, which is designed for ride hailing services. They expect that they will start mass production of that car in 2023. And all of this is helped uh, by a $5 billion line of credit from uh, GM. And what does GM hope to get out of um, paying for a company that it already owns? Yeah, that's a good question. The CEO, Mary Barra, said that the move uh, simplifies, simplifies or simplifies rather, <laughs> the shareholder structure of crews. And that it gives them flexibility to get the most value out of commercializing the company. And that's really what this is all about. GM believes Cruise has potential. It said before that it thinks Cruise can create $50 billion worth of sales by 2030. And the announcement uh, has put some value back into GM shares. The company's share price rose 2.6% on the previous day's close. Thanks for that, Jose. Um, so do you also have a story about a long-standing dispute that's finally ended? Yeah, I do. So the TLDR on this story is that Barrick Gold, one of the world's largest mining companies, has been given the go-ahead to develop a new site in Pakistan after a 11-year-old standoff. It's a long time for adversaries to eyeball each other. Um, what's the background on Barrett Gold? Yeah, so this is a Canadian mining company. It's focused on extracting gold, silver and copper. It operates around 16 sites around the world that pulled in nearly $12, million of, uh, $12 billion, I should say, of revenue in 2021. Uh, it's been accused of various human rights abuses at some of its mines in Papua New Guinea and Tanzania. And uh, the company is listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, so let's hear about Pakistan and the end of this legal dispute. So this is all about the Rikodik project in Pakistan, which is one of the world's biggest untapped deposits of copper and gold. 
It's estimated that the deposit holds 12.3 million tonnes of copper and 20 million ounces of gold. That basically means the, 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 the mine could operate for over 50 years, uh, just pulling stuff out. So back in the 2000s, Barrett Gold was part of a joint venture to mine the deposit. But since then, there's been a back and forth of legal actions around the legality of Barrett Gold's mining license. Uh, it's been pretty intense. It would take me a week to unravel everything that's happened. Uh, but ultimately, it went to an arbitration court at the World Bank, which imposed a penalty on Pakistan for illegally refusing to renew Barrett Gold's mining lease. Ooh, so how big was the penalty? Uh, it was 11 billion American dollars big. Ouch. Yeah, that, that's a big one. But that was in 2019, which brings us to now. And the news that Barrett Gold has settled out of court with Pakistan. Uh, basically, the company has waived that $11 billion penalty and the ownership of the project will be split between Barrett Gold and Pakistan. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. That was Recap for the 21st of March. We'd love for you to leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. And if you can also leave a, like, a voice message, um, there's a link at the bottom of the episode description. Oh, I love, love getting voice messages. Uh, we'll <laughs> see you tomorrow. Matewa. Bye.